Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Stoppage Time. I'm Jason Longshore. Mike Conti will be joining us here in just a bit. Busy day at 92.9 The Game. Busy day in general in the soccer world. You've got Manchester City and Real Madrid kicking off at 3 o'clock. You have Atlanta United 2 tonight in Kennesaw at Fifth Third Bank Stadium kicking off just after 7.30. And you have a huge match tonight with Seattle Sounders hosting Pumas in the second leg of the CONCACAF Champions League final. 2-2 on aggregate coming into it. Seattle at home, sold-out crowd, every opportunity to do something. An MLS team hasn't done since 2000, which is win CONCACAF's premier competition for clubs. So a lot of different things to talk about. Atlanta United hosting Chicago this weekend. So many things to get into. We will do that. So uh, if you have questions, try to get to them. Um, I'll expand a little bit to start on the conversation that I had just a little while ago with Andy and Randy on the midday show on 92.9 The Game. And I, I, what I was trying to, to explain, I think, is just this idea as everybody's trying to figure out what to do. Everybody's trying to figure out how to score goals. Everybody's trying to figure out what to do next. Um, with Atlanta United right now, I don't think you make dramatic changes to the way the team plays because it's not like they're creating one kind of chance and that's not being converted. It's not like they're not creating chances, et cetera, et cetera. We've been through this a lot this week. It, it Those things aren't true. They're playing different ways against different opponents. They're creating different kinds of chances against different kinds of opponents. 
I really look at this right now as you do keep doing what you've been doing. But the question that I've been asking all week and and I think is going to be a big one at the training ground is just managing the I think the mindset, the attitude, the, the confidence level. Because when you're playing well and not getting results, it's very easy to get down. And and this is a team that has been playing well and has not been getting results. And Gonzalo Pineda has work to do. His staff has work to do. I, I think everybody on the staff becomes very important in this, in keeping the vibe, keeping the confidence level, keeping it all in a good place. You get back home. I'm expecting a, a good turnout. I'm expecting a loud turnout. You know, this is a situation where I think the fan base becomes a, a very important element on Saturday. And I think back to what we saw at Everton this weekend. Everton in a far more dire situation than Atlanta United, um, staring at relegation for the first time in a very long time. And their fans really brought them an extra gear, an extra edge. And, and it, it it played out in the match, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying Everton's not a good team, but you get that lift. These things are real. You know, when I, when I talk about the effect of a crowd, when I talk about those kinds of things, they're real effects. So, you know, to say that it doesn't matter, no, that's not true. I hope that this team gets a lift from the crowd on Saturday because I think it could use it because it is something that can help motivate a team that has been running into a brick wall over and over again, and that's been not scoring goals. So lots of stuff to get into. Uh, I know one of the topics on the... Twitch pitch here is about Marcelino Moreno and comments uh, about Marcelino Moreno. I'm, I think everybody can figure out what the comments are about and where they're coming from and what the conversation is. Uh, I've been on record before Marcelino Moreno arrived in, in Atlanta as to how special of an individual I thought he was. I thought he could be um, last season. Early on, I felt like I was uh, the main one kind of out there talking about Marcelino and what he was bringing to the team and what he could bring to the team and and his performances. And I'm not the person to really like have a different opinion on this because it's been consistent from day one on Marcelino. Uh, he has been a special player for Atlanta United. Marcelino Moreno is a player who gives you everything that he has when he is on the pitch. Every single thing. Look in a match at how many times Marcelino gets grabbed, gets held, gets kicked, gets fouled, gets fouled, not called. How many times he gets back up. How many times he takes those situations and tries to turn them around for the good. Think about how many times Marcelino Moreno has rescued Games, results, points, wins, draws for this team in a fairly short period of time. Marcelino Moreno is uh, an outstanding signing. He is an outstanding representative of Atlanta United, and he is a very valuable part of this squad. And I I hate that it's a conversation about anything other than that. Um. Any abuse that uh, him or his family would be getting from performances, from team performances, from all of that, it's wrong. Um, 
media and you know pundits uh whether it is blog whether it's newspaper whether it's radio like us whether it's uh, tv whether it's written podcasted form all of those things whether it's it's all of those different things everybody's gonna have opinions and and they're fine um players have thick skins but players are also human beings and families are human beings and and wives of players are human beings and it's easy to say you don't pay attention to this stuff. Everybody pays attention to this stuff. Everybody does. And it can be really hurtful. Um, I think Marcelino is a, a player who channels that. I think he's a player who channels that for good and channels that for power when he gets into these matches. And I would expect that Marcelino Moreno will have a big weekend for Atlanta United. I'm expecting that anyway. Let's see if Mike Conti's expecting that. Hey, I, I'm so sorry for the delay. It's been busy here at the radio station today. So uh, thanks for getting it started. Yeah, yeah all good. Um, a lot of questions about Marcelino Moreno, since that seems yeah. to be the topic as we were coming onto the air. Um, you know, as, as I said, like, you know this. I mean, we did a, a scarf in 2020 to, with soccer down here to welcome Marcelino Moreno. I love his story. I love mm-hmm. that. He's a player who wasn't, you know, from the big clubs in Buenos Aires. He was from, honestly, out in the the country in in Argentina, part of the country that players don't get seen very often. And he was at a very small club in Atletico Palmeira, who plays in the regional leagues, a club that, you know, isn't even at the level to play in the Copa Argentina. Um, Took a, I think it was a 15-hour bus ride to Buenos Aires when he joined Lanús um as a, a pretty late you know a lot of guys will, will join these big clubs when they're very young Marcelino went pretty late and he was away from home and it was difficult and he was then tasked with a pretty big responsibility when he broke into the first team replacing a player that we know very well in Miguel Almiron and he made the most of it and he became a very vital part of a Lanús team and played a different role than he does here. And that's the other thing that I give him a ton of credit for here in Atlanta is that Lanús, and this is some of the same thing that Miguel went through when he came to Atlanta, you know, they were in more of eight kind of central midfield roles. They, they were in roles where it was a little more of a two-way game, more defensively oriented. Lanús isn't one of the powerhouses in Argentina. And if you're in that position, you're going to have more defending to do than, than you might in a club like Atlanta where you have more talent like that. Um, it's important. And it's important for him to have made that transition to come here and have more expectation on goals, assists, impact in the attacking end. And he's done that. Mm-hmm. You know, He's done that not just in general, but he's done that in clutch situations. And that's what I've loved about Marcelino Moreno. I never quite know what's going to happen when he gets on the ball, but I do know that I always get a a buzz. You know, the 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 hairs on my arm stand up because I know that when Marcelino Moreno gets on a run, and yes, he likes to dribble, he might make something absolutely magical happen. And those kinds of players you cherish because that's what we love about this game. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, Jason. Um, do you know who was second in MLS what, in last year's regular season? Second in MLS in successful dribbles. I think Marcelino was, was up there. I mean, if he's not second, he's first or third. He, he was second. Uh, yeah. 
uh, and um, it was a pretty wide gap between the top yeah. three. Zellerion was that well I mean I'll just give you the names I mean um Emmanuel Reynoso of Minnesota was first mm-hmm. then Marcy then Zellerion then Luciano Acosta and that was a pretty big drop off to Carlos Hill yeah and, um, and who are those guys those are some of the biggest players in the uh, league Zellerion was a best 11 caliber player Acosta yeah. was a best 11 caliber player in a bad team um but you know, I, I struggle with this notion that that is suddenly a negative stat. Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about where he ranked in some other statistical categories last year. I'm um, I'm, I'm kind of going through the 2021 stats, not 22. Well, I'll tell you one thing that this year I think is has stood out to me as some of the conversation has come up. Progressing the ball. Well, and, and, I got it, yeah, and I have that number for you actually. For twenty-one, yeah, he was one of the best. Yeah, accurate forward zone passes, seven hundred seventy-one. I mean that again, right there with Nagby and Madron and yeah. Luciano Acosta, uh, Carlos Hill and Michael Bradley were the league leaders. But They're and, all and, impactful players, right? Maxi Morales is in in this group. Uh, Alexander Ring is in this group. In terms of moving the team forward this year, he is the most impactful player in progressive plays. And I include dribbles and passes right. because, you know, and that's been one of the the criticisms. And I don't think it's a fair one. We've, we've talked about this with possession. I don't mind going back to go forward in a better place. Sometimes you, you go backwards to set up a new sequence that is better than where you were rather than than going into a blind alley or lumping it forward and just seeing what happens. But Moreno is the one who progresses the team more than anybody, right? On the ball or with a pass. Yeah, uh, statistically, 178 accurate forward zone passes this year, second on the team behind Almada. Uh, in assists per 90, Moreno is. Of course, it's going to slow down on me now. Damn internet! Uh, but again, it, it, well, I'll wait for it to refresh. But statistically, like, again, all right, this is not opinion or feelings. This is statistics. And I, we've talked about this before. I lean on statistics because, quite frankly, I don't trust my knowledge and my feeling. (laughs) I think I don't, I don't know enough to be comfortable, uh, in, in going just on my knowledge and feelings. But I can tell you that Moreno, is the leader on the team in assists. Yes, the number is two, but uh, he is the leader in, in this team in assists. Uh, let's go to the dribble numbers for a second. And again, I know this is you know something we can't cherish apparently, but he leads the league by a wide margin in successful dribbles. Uh, he's uh, completing about 53% of his dribbles. It's a pretty good number. Not, not a team high. Uh, actually, the team leader on that is Sadich, who I think is another very underappreciated player. Um, you know, as far as shot volume is concerned, he's taken 16, second most on the team. He's put the most shots on target of anyone on the team. He co-leads the team in goals. Um, this is not a player that I think Atlanta United would be better off without. No. Uh, now, 
here's the thing, and and I jumped into it a little bit late, but I I I do want to speak to the point you were making when I I punched in. Everyone is entitled to their own opinion. And I was very, very sad to see what's floating around on Instagram this afternoon from uh, from Marcelino's wife. I, I'm, I'm sad to see that. Um, I do, however, support the right of people to express their opinions. Um, I disagree with the particular opinion that I think she was reacting to. Um, but I am a little bit uncomfortable at some of the other rhetoric I've seen in response to her post today. Uh, I do think people who care about this team and people who cover this team do have a right to express opinions, whether or not they're accurate. I express inaccurate opinions constantly. (laughs) Uh, Jason sometimes expresses inaccurate opinions. Uh, but I, I, I do think it is legal to have the conversation uh so i i you know i'm seeing some things on the twitch pitch along these lines yeah but Um, but here's what i'll say too is if if i'm going to ask you to listen to what i'm putting out if i'm gonna ask you to consume the content that i'm putting out I'm also going to take the responsibility to make it as as informed and as authentic and as based in both fact and opinion as I possibly can, because I'm not going to ask you to follow me if I'm not putting in the work to make it good content and make it varied content. The the one of the biggest things here, besides the opinion of how you want the game to be played, because you can argue about this in every country in the world, you do have to understand what dribbling means in Argentina where Marcelino Moreno is from. And it hasn't just been Marcelino Moreno. That's been stuck in this vacuum of, of being yelled at. Secchio Barco was in this as well. Pitti mm-hmm. Martinez was in this as well about dribbling. In Argentina, the ability to dribble is almost sacred. It is a massive part of what makes you a special player. It is a massive part of how you express yourself on the pitch. It is a very different part of the soccer culture than it would be in England or in Germany or in any other country. Um, It's just different. They have their own words really that they've kind of popularized about dribbling. So it's, it's different and you do have to understand that you can't, compare him to a player from somewhere else and say, well, he dribbles too much. He just dribbles too much. You have to understand what role he functions in the team, which I think is an important one. I think his dribbling is a massive part of that. And you have to understand what his background is and why dribbling is an important factor in his game. Those things have to be understood. And when they're ignored or pushed to the side and only negative is focused on rather than positive, Sure, everybody can say what they want, and, and and everybody's entitled to, and people will either consume it or not consume it. It just depends over time how people feel about it. But there there does have to be a responsibility, um, and I've talked about this on soccer down here many times, where I have an opinion. I will not just toss out an opinion at you. I will think about it. I will do some research on it. I will make a decision on kind of how I feel about it, where my gut's taken me, where my research has taken me. And if I get it wrong, I'll also put my hand up and say, you know what? 
I was wrong on this. It actually turned out to be X instead of Y, whatever. You have to be willing to do that. And I'm sorry, but the idea that Marcelino Moreno is not an important part of this team or not a valuable part of this team, there's everything to back up that he is, you know? I mean, it, it just, I, I don't know where else to go with it at this point. And it feels very, I, I get the frustration. I get the frustration. People can say what they want. But when you say what you want, you're also opening yourself up to criticism for saying what you want. Yep. And when you're asking people to consume your content and people have opinions about what you ask them to read, it's just like an actor, you know? I mean, yes, actor, actress puts out a bad movie. People are going to criticize it. They're going to ask you to buy a ticket. And then you're going to think about what you thought about the movie. And you're going to say what you think. It's the same thing with, with anything that we do. You know, we're asking people to watch this show. If they don't like us and they don't like what we have to say over time, they're probably not going to watch. And, and yep. that's, that's just what it is. Yeah. And that's okay. But what I've always tried to do is also learn along the way. Um, I don't know everything about everything. I never claim to. I, I, I have my experiences in the game. I come at this from two decades plus of working in different aspects of soccer and very different aspects of soccer than some and, and grassroots to pro teams, to ops, to stats, to whatever. And that's where I come from. And I try to learn about things that I haven't experienced. And I try to bring that knowledge to you. And I hope it's worth your time. And I always hope that people get something out of it and enjoy it. Um, and if you don't agree with it, that's completely fine. Where I, where I do get frustrated is where then it, it, kind of devolves into the personal attacks or, or then in, integrity challenges, that kind of stuff. But in this situation, an opinion has been presented and it's been presented multiple times and it's not new. And there's been clapping back at the opinion. All that's valid. I'm sorry, but all that is, is valid. And, and that's, that's what we have to deal with. Yeah. Well, look, Let's move on. We're at the end of the window today. I don't think Marcelina Moreno is going anywhere. No. In fact, I haven't really heard any rumblings about anything no. happening at the end of the transfer window today. And pretty much league-wide, by the way, not just with Atlanta United, pretty much league-wide, you're not hearing a lot Looks today. like Vancouver's going to sign Luis Martins, who's been out of contract with Kansas City since the end of last season. You did have the Andre Shinyashiki thing Shinyashiki to Charlotte. The deal yesterday. is done. Uh, you had Portland add a, a striker from Timbers 2 that I think they maybe thought that might take a little bit longer to do. They went ahead and did it. Um, that's really – well, you got Chris Mueller. Now it looks like that is going to get done officially. Um, right. Reports out of Scotland are that he is leaving Hibs and he will be joining Chicago. Um, those are the, the main – moves that have happened in the last right since since we did a show yeah uh, right. Saverino yeah, right. to, to rsl that one also that it hasn't been a, officially official but the move to make it happen has been announced as official about the allocation order so you would assume that gets done today right but and like christopher abel's asking about hoppy i guess what i mean is in the last 24 to 48 hours it's been relatively quiet the mueller thing i think that popped up on monday um, yeah, I wasn't sure if it would get done, but it's looking more likely like it is going to happen. Um, I don't know if it happens for him to join the team for Saturday. Uh, that was initially said that it, it could be. So yeah. we'll have to see. We might if see he Christmas does, I can't Saturday. imagine him starting. I, I would think it'd be oh, a very yeah, I could. Role. I could. Sure. Really? Chicago? Yeah, why not? I mean, it, it's not like he hasn't been you know, training and playing and all that. And 
if you need a, a boost, you need a boost. Iro Torres might start for Chicago this weekend. Um, he's in Chicago now after being signed earlier. He he has arrived. So I I never put anything past those situations. Um, they're missing two players. They're going to be missing two players due to red, not in these positions. One's a forward, so you could move pieces around and start Torres or, or start Mueller. But anything's possible. And this has not been a good attacking team in general. So I think it's even more possible because of that. No, no, that's quite true. But my point is, outside of the, you know, the rumors about Hoppy, which again, that's kind of died down too. Um, yeah, not a whole lot of chatter right now involving Atlanta United with the clock ticking at the end of this window. The, the issue with Hoppy, and and it's, I mean, been the issue from the beginning is the schedule of La Liga and where Mallorca stands, and losing on the weekend uh, keeps them thoroughly in the relegation fight with Cadiz on 32 points and 16th. They're safe. Mallorca right now is safe on 32 points and 17th. Granada is going down on eight in 18th point on third, 18th place on 31 points. So only one behind that can flip really fast. Alaves is on 26 in 19th. That's only four points behind Mallorca. And Levante is only six points behind. There's four games to play. So there's still 12 points on the table. Everybody is in the mix from the bottom team in the league up to really even Hitafe on in 15th place on 36 because they're only five points clear. So Mallorca is in the thick of it, and they're not playing Matthew Hoppy right now. But what if you have an injury? What if you have two injuries? What if you have a red card? They are not in a position where they would really want to give anybody up today. So that might have to be, unless uh, unless the deal is just too good for them to say no to, or they just do not see him as factoring in, or they have somebody from their reserve team that they feel like could be that person if craziness happens. It's hard to do it now. It might be something that has to be reassessed when you get to the summer window, when Mallorca's fate would be decided for next season. So there you go. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Um, if they'd won not, on the weekend, maybe it would have been more of a situation where they, they could have stomached it a little bit more, but they yeah. did not. So it's 
it's really hard for them to let somebody go at this point who they might need, even if they don't need right now, they might need in one of these four games. Uh, Uncle No Pockets on the Twitch pitch says, really wish we had made something happen this window. Hopefully they make the weight worth it in the summer. Some sort of impact player is highly needed. You got impact players. I, I, I don't know where you put an impact player. I just don't. Um, I don't know where, you, you know, they're not, you're not getting a replacement for Almada or Moreno. Joseph, you got to get healthy. So you, you kind of have to decide if he's going to be able to be healthy first. And hopefully he will be. He's been on a treadmill. That's, that's good to see. That's great to see. Um, but you don't know yet. Uh, you're not getting an impact player to replace Otto And generally impact player thinking attacking. So if you're going further into the, the team, you've got so many different potential eights that I, I, I don't think you're going to get another one. The six would be a spot where if you decided you could go get an impact player as opposed to Santi Sosa, and now that you don't have Alonzo, sure. I don't think you're going to get an impact center back, and I think you're good at fullback. I think you're very good at, with Gutman and Lennon at fullback. So that's the problem, and it's not really a problem, honestly. Like, But if you're looking to add something, what are you adding? And a, a backup forward, you do have backup forwards, and they are playing right now. Really, you can't answer the impact player conversation until you know what Joseph is going to be. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. even then, you're, you're limited in terms of cap and all that because you didn't expect him to need another procedure and miss time. So I, I don't know where an impact player would go. If I'm looking at needs for this team, I'm not looking at, at, at impact. I'm not looking at somebody playing a ton of minutes. I am looking at the six. And I do feel better about it after seeing the double pivot with Osechu and Ibarra. Franco Ibarra might be that player. I didn't think he would be last season. Very young. Great ball winner. Love his physicality. Love his aggressiveness. On the ball, I didn't know if he fit as an Atlanta United player. I feel like that's turning around. Maybe it's confidence. Maybe it's just work that's been put in. Maybe it's just honestly being in a team that plays with the ball because he didn't do that at Argentinos juniors. They were mm -hmm. not that team when he came up and he only played 10, 11 games there before he came to Atlanta. Franco Ibarra could be the solution to that. And beyond that, I, I, I don't know what else outside of getting a veteran somewhere in the team. And, and, and that's a, that's a tricky one, Mike, because you got to get a veteran who's going to be willing to not play a ton you got to get a veteran who can walk into the locker room and command respect because they're not going to play a ton. So they're not going to earn the respect in the way that a lot of times we, we see it. It's a, it's a tough one. Uh, it's not an obvious, there's not an obvious answer to that. Well, it's, it. yeah, it, it almost has to be someone who's veteran, but yet at the same time out of contract. Um, kind it, of, it, yeah. You know, it, who would just kind of be happy to come in and contribute where possible and make a few bucks. Remember, too. But they got to be a presence. Like, that's that's the hard part know, of it. And that's, yeah, be, because, you know, I mean, we have that conversation all the time here at the radio station. I mean, who who wants to be that for that amount of money? It's tough. It's really uh, tough. I mean, like, we've talked about Alex DeJohn and how important he yeah. is in the the group as a whole. That's that's different. 
I think what you're you're looking for here is not a like for like for Ozzy Alonso, but somebody who brings you the intangibles that he brought while maybe playing even less than it was intended he would play here. That's that's not easy to find. That's not easy right now. I think, you know, Alonzo probably was on the verge before the knee injury. I mean, Sosa was going to come back in, I think, be the regular. But I said it. I thought Alonzo was on the pathway to playing more minutes than I expected, more starts than I expected. And it wasn't just because of the Sosa injury. It was because of how good he was and how important he was. I don't know how you replace that at this point. It's really difficult because that's a that's a needle in a haystack kind of a, a, a fit at this really stage. Is. It's different if you get them before the season and they work in and they earn everybody's respect and they become a leader. Bringing them in now, ugh, it's just really difficult. Unless Rob Valentino can play, like if he can come out of retirement, I mean, that would be. I'm not putting anything past Rob. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, now, Christopher Abel points to um, a veteran who is not currently playing in MLS, Kubo Torres. But I think. Been here, done that. That's not what you need. Been here, been here, done that. And no chance he helps you on the field because you already have three strikers. Yeah. Um, you don't need a fourth striker. So he, he's not going to play at all if you no, bring him in. Great guy. Uh, I, I'm, I'm glad he's he's playing at Orange County in USL Championship, but it doesn't change anything. And, and that's the that's the element here. And that's the hard that's the hard thing about it is and it gets back to the, the big picture conversation that, that I want to get to is you ha- if you're going to make a move. Uncle No Pockets at impact, and I took it more on the field. But if you're going to bring a veteran in, you still need an impact from them. And you're probably looking for that to be on the training pitch in the locker room, in travel, those kinds of things. But they're not going to want to just not participate. And then that's that balance. It's just really hard. Kubo was a positive person here in the group. He absolutely was. But you're not going to get anything more from bringing him back into a crowded position where you already brought Dom Dwyer into that kind of a role. I think Dom gives you a lot of good things off the field. And if he can stay healthy, he can be something good on the field too. But he's also an older player, and and this is just what you're going to have to deal with. I I think the bigger picture, and this is the balancing act, because you look at the record, and and I I know there's, you know, national media out there who are like, it's that's all this not maybe not blow it up, but they need this, they need all these different things. They need this up. I honestly don't think you do. And I think that would be counterproductive. I think you do need to continue down the road that this team is on that has been productive in terms of quality, if not results. And you can't get short-termism here about a team that's not scoring at the moment. But it's Uh, not because of bad play. You know what I mean? Like if it was bad play and you're not creating chances and you're not getting looks and all those things, then yeah, you got to figure that out. But they they are, they're controlling games. They're getting these things. They're giving up half their goals off set pieces. Um, The last game, they gave up almost half their shots on two set piece situations. Mm -hmm. It's, it's these weird things and it's it's some individual things and it's something that's always going to be difficult in set pieces, but you don't, blow it up and and get rid of guys and make all these grandiose changes and and massively change the 
the philosophy. I, I always separate tactics and philosophy, and, and I'm not trying to be anal about it or anything. Gonzalo Pineda has consistently changed tactics all year long in many different things. You've seen games with more crosses. You've seen games with less crosses. You've seen games with three center backs. You've seen games with, with two. You've seen games where they build up with Gutman involved. You've seen games where they build up with Sosa more involved. You've seen different things to exploit elements of the opposition. And generally, without the goal, he's been correct in those mm-hmm. changes. And you're not going to change the philosophy because that guides everything that you started day one of preseason with. There's no, right. there, You're not going to change that. So it's more about the attitude. It's more about the individual issue, like issues in terms of mistakes. It's more about confidence. It's more about those things right now. It's not about changing the way that they play, in my opinion, or changing who plays or changing a formation or a tactic. I don't think that's the issue. I really don't. All right. I found an interesting and shocking stat about Atlanta United this week as I started to prepare for Saturday's match. And I want to start with this question or really comment on the Twitch pitch from, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Wagner Tal, Wagner G. Tal. I hope hope I'm pronouncing that right. You can call him Matt. Matt. I know. I know Matt. Okay. Matt says Rocco Rios Nova's interview yesterday was good to see. I love the energy. He's not ruled out giving Bobby a run for the starting keeper spot. I think Bobby keeps it for now, but what opportunities do you see for Rocco to get a start aside for maybe against Pachuca? Now I have a shocking statistic. Oh boy. Now you're going to like this. Okay. Um, Do you know who leads all major league soccer goalkeepers among starters? All major league soccer goal key, goalkeepers in accurate pass percentage and long ball percentage. I'm assuming you're going to say it's Bobby Shuttleworth. It is Bobby Shuttleworth. Can you believe that? I mean, for someone that that I yeah, think doesn't I look like a thousand percent comfortable on the ball, and someone who we wondered about his role in the buildup. And, and look, it is only three matches. A lot of these other keepers have played eight or nine or seven or ten. But, I mean, still. Mm, uh, Mike, I got to disagree a little bit here. Uh, I'll I'll tell you why. Okay. Um, you got to look at the quantity, too. All right. He's passing about, and it was more in the last game, which is good, and that's a good sign because against Miami and against Montreal, he was more involved against Montreal, which you would expect. Yes. Against Miami, he had 22 passes, if I remember correctly, and he's completing them at a high percentage. Absolutely. That's great. But he was about 14 to 20 passes below what you would typically see with Brad Gazan. Now, in the last game, he was more involved. But he's still, for his season, 27 passes per game. The percentage is good. It's 88.5. That's great. But 27.7, that's still a good 10 below where Brad's usually at. Just because he's passing well and mostly shorter passes, he is uh, he's he's perfect right now on longer passes, but not a ton of them. there is still a reluctance at times to using him in a tighter spot. And and that's understandable. He's new and he's, he's not as comfortable in those spots as Brad became. And they just haven't played with him as much as they did with Brad. 
but I don't think these numbers over a very short period of time tell you that, oh, it's not a concern. It's nothing to worry about. I, I have to disagree with that because I think you saw at times against Montreal where Bobby looked uncomfortable in some spots with the ball at his feet. And I thought you saw some defenders reluctant to play him as well. Mm-hmm. And that could change naturally just with the time, just with him being more with the first team and in training sessions and and building that confidence both himself in himself and with the players that are going to be serving him those passes. So I, I hope it changes organically, but I, I'm not saying it's 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 done and it's not an issue yet. I, I don't think that's a fair statement yet. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to infer that. I just thought the yeah. numbers were. It's good. It, it, it's definitely good. It, it's a it's a good thing. It's a good sign. Um, but I still think that uncomfortableness is is evident at times. You can see it. Yeah, he he doesn't look comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, but let's go back to Matt Wagner's question though. Yeah. Is Rocco Rios Novo battling for the starting goalkeeper spot with Bobby Shuttleworth, or will he be in the next week or two? I don't know if he will be in the next week or two, but yeah, I think he's battling because. Bobby wasn't the number one walking in the door. Um, he was the number two. So he, he is the number one, and he should be by default. His experience should put him there. Um, but it's not like Bobby walking in with Brad there. It's a different conversation because history with Brad. Captain or armband with Brad. <laughs> you know, like Brad was the number one. It wasn't the same kind of a battle. This is more of a battle but Bobby I think will be the number one until either he gives it up really that's the way it goes or or Rocco gets maybe the open cup game next week maybe mm-hmm. he gets that um maybe the twos game tonight honestly he might get the twos game tonight um because it's midweek hey I mean he needs a game might get this game I don't know I haven't seen anything yet so I don't I'm not sure but it's going to be harder for Rocco to earn it, but it's going to be easier than it was for Bobby to beat out Brad, you know? So, I mean, it is a competition in that sense. I just don't think anything's going to change immediately. I don't think it should. Uh, Bobby hasn't done anything that would take him out of that spot. For nothing me. wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, four card wants to know if Atlanta United is going to have the same lineup for back-to-back games for a change. And a really good question for card. I actually talked to, um, Gonzalo Pineda a little bit on Sunday after the game. And that's one of the things he brought up that's hurt this team is that they have not had any kind of continuity yet with their starting 11 for a number of different reasons. I got the impression, Jason, hearing from Pineda before the match on Friday that he considered that lineup from Saturday as pretty darn close to first choice, with the exception of, obviously, Joseph and Sosa. So when Forecard asks if it's going to be the same lineup this week, I think a lot of that hinges on Sosa. And there were some reports, I guess, that Sosa was back training uh, with the full group. Um, and I, I don't know I don't know exactly to what extent. Uh but for card, if Sosa's able to play, I think you're going to get another uh, uh, another lineup change from week to week on Saturday. If Sosa's unable to go, I would imagine it's probably going to be the same 11. I think right now, and of course, barring changes for tactics because of an opponent um, or 
playing three center backs as opposed to two, like which could happen against some teams. I think right now with Joseph out, you know, that spot is is up for grabs. I think Cisneros has a pretty good claim on it right now, but it's it's up for grabs more than anything else. Um, you're going to see some permutation of Araujo, Moreno, and Almada across the three. Uh, Sosa is a starter when he is healthy. I don't know who the other one is when it's Sosa. That that's a that's a question. Yeah. I, I I tend to think it's Sosetsu for now, because Heinemann is a longer term recovery uh, of getting him available to start. Um, it's just he was out for so long, you know, and and you, you got to give him time. But Ibarra is going to start some games, I think. And I think Heinemann will start some games when he gets the opportunity. And Sadich is available as well. I mean, that, that's that's four guys in one spot. Uh, the back line, I think we know what it is. It, it's Gutman, it's Robinson, it's Franco, and it's Lennon. I, I think that's the four. And if you go to three center backs, Campbell walks in there. If somebody's not available, Campbell's the, the next option at the center back. Hernandez is the next option at right back. Wiley's the next option at left back. Uh that's where I think it stands right now. I think that's your best 11 in general. When Joseph comes back, he takes the number nine spot. My biggest question in terms of the the starting 11, if I got to pick one, is always going to be, is who is with Sosa and either Moreno or Almada in the midfield trio? And I don't know if it's 100% Hosechu or where that percentage is. Yeah, I'm just looking to see if uh, maybe we could get a hint here. No, it, it does not look like it yet. Um, it's looking to see if maybe we have the injury report yet. We don't. So uh, no hints there. Um, you know, we, Chris, know that, we know that Sosa did train last week. We, we know that it wasn't expected to be a long-term thing. Um, if, if he's available, it's, you know, is he how available? I guess is right. really the thing because my guess is he's available, but is he 15, 30, 45, 60, 75, 90? Where is it on the scale? That's the part where we won't know really until we get closer to the match. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Abel says he hopes that some guys can actually rest ahead of the Open Cup match. I disagree. I, I Unfortunately, I feel like you're not. Unfortunately, I think you can't. You're not in that position right now. It's going to be best team up on, on Wednesday in the Open Cup. You gotta because of the points that have gotten away from you in league. You're a home game. You gotta win the home game, and whatever it takes to win it, you gotta win it. If you get a big lead and you can rest guys, you hundred percent rest them. If you can start to think at that point about Wednesday, you do. But otherwise, you then get out of the game. You you rest on Sunday, and you're having conversations on Monday with what do you have? What can you give us? What, what can we do here? And because you want to advance, you're not going to punt on Wednesday. I don't think you're not just going to throw a team out there and not care, but you've got to prioritize Saturday first and and then get to Wednesday when you get to Wednesday. Uh, A couple uh, people going back and forth about Rocco Rios, Novo and, and Shuttleworth. And um, you know, uh, uh, there was one comment from Emilio that, Starting Rocco Rios Novo may give the appearance of conceding the season if deep playoffs is the goal. No, 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 no. Let's not jump to these conclusions, but por favor. Uh, Rocco is not, he doesn't walk in as the number one, and, and nobody should expect that he does. I, I don't think there's any reasonable expectation that Rocco from the reserves at Lanus and playing with Atlanta United two last year would walk in and bump Bobby Shuttleworth, who has over 220 starts in MLS. 
that doesn't make sense. And, and anybody who was kind of giving that line, I, I, I don't, there, there's no logic to it. Um, but Bobby wasn't brought in to be the number one. So it, it, the, the conversation about can Rocco earn the starting spot? Yeah, he can earn it. He can, but he's not going to walk in and have it handed to him. No. And he's just, he just got back. So give it time. If he beats out Bobby and he shows to be the better keeper, then he'll be the better keeper and he'll play. But no, it's not, if he wins it, it's not saying that the season doesn't matter or anything like that. The biggest difference is Rocco's more comfortable with the ball at his feet. They're, they both, you have questions about crosses because they're both on the shorter side of goalkeepers. Um, I think both are great shot stoppers. I, I really think the biggest difference is, is the distribution and then the experience. And Bobby's got tons more experience. And Rocco's just more comfortable playing with the ball at his feet because that's how he's been brought up as a player. So that's the difference you get. But that tons more experience, that's huge. So Bobby's the guy for now. Um. Two things I want to get to before we're done. And the mm-hmm. first is the match tonight in Seattle. Uh, and if you're not aware, uh, Seattle Sounders, they're going to have well in excess of 60,000 people at Lumen Field tonight as they host Pumas in the uh, second leg Sold of the Sold out. They're trying to find holding chairs to give to people. That's awesome. I'm, you know, Mar- Marshawn Lynch has helped them to hype the game. Yes. Um, Ken Griffey uh, Jr. Ken Griffey Jr. Yes, thank you. Uh, put oh, out a hype cool. video this morning. So awesome to see. So, so awesome to see a major American sports market get this invested in um, the CONCACAF Champions League final. And look, I mean, they've got a real shot. Road goals don't matter anymore. Yeah, but it's they're the favorite. Going to Seattle. I mean, they should take care of business on their home field tonight. If they do, what does it mean for the long-term implications for this league? It means that... Uh... Long term, I don't think it changes anything, but short term, it means that there's quite a few individuals in uh, this hemisphere who are going to have to throw away uh, note cards of insults because they don't apply anymore. Like, really, the, the thing that you could hold on to if you wanted to diminish Major League Soccer was they, they can't beat League MX teams in CONCACAF Champions League. You look at the business. It, MLS is is ahead of League MX. You look at the overall depth of the league, quality of the league, top to bottom, MLS is ahead of League MX. They are. You look at the spending at the top, top, ain't that much of a difference. Now, the way you get there is a little different because of designated players versus just spending what you want. That spread of how the money gets spread across a roster is different, but it's not this dramatic difference anymore. And MLS has bridge the gap in so many different ways to league MX, but you haven't won a CONCACAF event since 2000. You've only won two in 27 years. You won in 98, you won in 2000, completely different formats. It's been way too long. It is about getting the job done. It's, it's like we've talked about with, with Atlanta United. You're not like going to blow up the way you have a salary cap because of this. You're not going to do any of those things to, to try to change it. At some point, you just have to do it. Atlanta United has created chances. At some point, they just have to score goals. Seattle has had this opportunity. They took it more seriously this year. Now, good credit to them. They went out and got Albert Rusnak before the season as opposed to waiting to the summer like they typically do on their big acquisitions. Um, but MLS has been in a spot before. Real Salt Lake drew on the road in Monterrey in 2011. Lost at home in the second leg. Montreal. Toronto. Now, I think it was flipped in both of those. They had the home leg next. 
Um, or no, they had the home leg first, sorry. But they failed to get results at home. In the final, MLS has gotten the result on the road. It's at home where they haven't gotten it done. Seattle's got to get it done tonight. There's no excuses. Zero. Seattle's got to win tonight. Yeah, I hope they do. Um, I know Man City and uh, Real Madrid are about to kick, so just really be a barn burner. Yeah, it should be. Really quickly, just a, a thought on Chicago. One goal in the last 500 minutes, two red cards on Saturday, uh, late penalty to lose to Red Bulls in a match that was disrupted by rain. Kind of a weird night for them. Yeah. Uh, but but a team like Atlanta really struggling to find the back of the net. Any thoughts? Really good defensive team. They're not going to be easy to break down, and they've got a bit of a, a boost of excitement with uh, the Mexican winger, Hydro Torres, coming into the team. He's got one cap for the senior national team, won the Liga MX title with Atlas last season. Uh, Chris Mueller, that's another one that's going to give you a boost. You, you've added some attacking pieces. How much of a role they play this weekend, we'll just have to wait and find out. But you're going to have a team that, that's got some energy coming off of a loss because of those additions. So that's going to help them. For Atlanta, I, I, I said it at the beginning of the show. I'll say it again. I, I really think that it is vital for the, the 17s to be in the building early, uh, to be there to welcome the team when they arrive, and to support them from the jump. If you want, If you want to know how it can affect it, right now look at what's going on in Madrid first off. Um, with their fans and the reception that their team got on, upon arrival, I think leaving their training ground upon arrival at the Santiago Bernabeu. You got Vinicius uh, trying to get the crowd going even more in the first minute. But look at Everton on the weekend, where Everton is in a really tough spot and fans are scared and they might get relegated, and they gave that team a huge boost and, and helped give them a push to a massive result. I hope we get that on Saturday because this group needs it because they are fighting. They are playing hard. They are doing all the things they should be doing with the exception of getting the goals to show for it. That doesn't mean this is a bad group. That doesn't mean this is a group that doesn't care. doesn't mean any of the things you, you can go point to or any of the cliches you want to break out. It means they need your support. And it means that I think the biggest thing for the coaching staff this week is making sure that the confidence is high in this group in each other, in themselves, in each player individually, in their, in themselves, and in the way that they are playing. And I think it is. And I think the biggest thing is just the individual confidence. Give them a boost when they walk out. Give them a boost when they show up at the bends. And hopefully Atlanta United gets some goals early and, and changes the narrative. All right, uh, Jason and I will be on the air 5.30 Saturday evening on Sports Radio 92.9, the game, Sirius XM Channel 157. Uh, kickoff will be a little after 6 o'clock. Action at the Fraction tonight, twos against Louisville City, uh, 7.30? 7.30 tonight, ESPN+. Plus. Um, and if you get a chance, if you are a subscriber or you're willing to do it, NFHS for Georgia High School playoffs this week, um, I'll be back in Macon for the next two days. The games yesterday I had in single-A public were amazing. Some of the smallest schools you'll find in the state. Girls game finished 6-4, and it was such a great match between Social Circle and, and Commerce. One of the most fun games I, I've had to call in a long, long time. It's not just because they scored goals. Don't get it twisted. It was a great match, and the talent was really good. Uh, the single-A public boys game with Drew Charter and the Dalton Academy was also great. I've got on Thursday a game that I didn't, you know, I, I couldn't have ever planned for Southeast Whitfield and Northwest Whitfield in a state championship in Macon. I cannot wait for that game tomorrow night. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
Yeah. So uh, starting tonight, continuing through the weekend, lots of soccer content. We will see you next. Are we going to do next Wednesday? What do you think? Um, uh, at a minimum, I will. Uh, okay. I just I don't know exactly what my travel is going to be to Nashville. I know you'll be going up day of, so it'll be harder yeah. for you. Um, we'll try. We're, we're yeah. going to be in Nashville. There next will be something for sure at two o'clock. Um, I, I don't know exactly what form it takes. It could possibly be recorded. If it is, don't hold it against us. Uh, but we'll also let you know if it is. But if yeah. it's if it's me solo and maybe getting Mike to uh, pull off to a rest area and say hello for for ten hey, minutes, we'll do that. I, I can pop in from Bucky's, no problem there. So. <laughs> there we go. We'll figure everything out. And I'm glad he brought that up. Uh, Jason and I will have the U.S. Open Cup at Landy United in Nashville Wednesday, seven thirty from Giotas Park in Nashville. Okay, see you next week. Enjoy Real Madrid and Manchester City, and enjoy all the action the rest of the weekend. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.